Let's start out a conversation about hope today by learning a scripture verse in Psalm chapter 33, verse 22. So wherever you are, just want you to uh, just repeat along with me, and especially if you're at a coffee shop right now, and uh, then people will wonder what you're doing. So, But they need to hear this verse. So repeat after me. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Oh, that's pretty good. That was a little bit of a churchy voice there. So let's say it together. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And if you were too embarrassed to say it out loud, I totally get it. I was messing with you. But just as a way to help you remember it, maybe type it in the chat and uh, and maybe it'll sink in a little bit more that way. So today I want us to think about one of the most difficult tensions that you and I will manage in life. How do we maintain a hopeful spirit and a hopeful attitude in a relentlessly, hopelessly broken world? And every one of us will wrestle with this dilemma at some time, if you haven't yet, if somehow you've managed to make it to this point in your life without having to struggle with how do I maintain hope from this? I'm not trying to depress you, but you will at some point have to deal with this tension. And if you've ever placed your hope in something that came crashing down, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you stood at the altar and you said, till death do us part. And, and the person that was standing across from you said those words, but really what they meant was until someone else comes along. Uh, maybe you've had to maintain hope in the midst of, of working working your, your, your nails and fingers to the bone and, and hoping for that, that um, promotion or that raise or, or that new title or whatever, and then it didn't pan out. Someone else got it or, or the company went under. Um, you know, we all know how fleeting and temporary wealth is. Um, most of us would like a little bit more of it, but at some level, we know if we put our trust in our 401k or our bank account, that's going to be up and down uh, and it'll drive us crazy. Uh, if we put our, our, our hope in, in our, our health and our good looks, we know, uh, hopefully, um, we know that, that that's not going to be there forever. And as, if you're like me and you're in your 40s and you're looking in the mirror going, oh, wow, this really isn't forever. Um, <laughs> this is, <laughs> my hope is fading fast. Or if your hope is in your kid's academic performance, or if your hope is in your, your grown children always making good choices, your hope is in something that will let you down. Um, this tension is with us, and if it's not with you right now, it is coming. So welcome to Solid Ground Church today. <laughs> I hope I didn't just bum everybody out, but... It's important to name it, like that this is a reality, that, that it's really difficult to maintain hope when it looks like the world has lost its mind and things are so hopeless. We can ask ourselves, why even try? What's the use? What's the point in all of this? Like, how do you maintain hope in the face of everything that we are, we are going through in our personal lives and all the way up to the global level? So. First, uh, we're going to get into some, some scriptures uh, written by Paul in the book of Romans today, but a couple of introductory thoughts on hope that have kind of uh, cobbled together a definition of hope for us to start out with. 
And hope is a person or thing in which my expectations are centered. So the person or thing that we place our confidence in, that you place your confidence in as related to your future. And on the, on the flip side of that, hopelessness is that feeling that comes with knowing that the person or thing that you've placed your hope in cannot or will not come through. Uh, that's a, a horrible tension to live in. But from the day we were born, we've been placing our hope in something. I, I think of hope like a ladder, that we, we're born with this, okay, this ladder that, that we're gonna trust. We have to climb this ladder and we, we lean it against a wall and that wall is what we're placing our hope in. And when we're born, you lean your ladder against your parents. You have no other choice. You're hoping that they feed you. You're hoping that they can interpret your cries and take care of you. But at some point, uh, it begins to shift to other things as we gain independence. Uh, we hope as little kids that, that we won't have to share our toys. We hope that we have birthdays as we get a little bit older. We hope that that person in class, that, that cute guy or girl notices you. We hope that we get uh, a spot on the team or cast in the, in the school play. And, uh, and we place our ladders on different things and we, some of them prove to be unreliable. And then we choose to lean our ladder against something else. Maybe it's our academic performance. Maybe it's uh, getting married or having children or, or whatever it is. Uh, we trust this wall of hope. Whatever it is we're leaning against, uh, whatever wall we're leaning our ladder against, we trust it to support our dreams. We trust that wall to support our security. And we trust that wall to, to support our future. But this is something we never think about until it begins to evaporate, dissipate, like air. And when it begins to fade away, we grasp for that hope, like, like we gasp for air. When we feel hopeless, when we feel helpless, powerless, when what we, when what we do doesn't, when what we're hoping in doesn't come through, like we feel those feelings when this wall is crumbling and have leaned my ladder against it and, and we grasp so many times for whatever we can find. And the older we get, the more we're prone to lean our ladders against people and things that promise emotional and financial security. All of us have a ladder that's leaning up against something. What are you putting your hope in today? What are, what are you leaning? Maybe just naming this and thinking about this for the first time, maybe some of you are realizing right now, I'm leaning my ladder up against something that could never ever support me for the things that I'm, I'm needing. How do we maintain hope in a world that is so hopelessly broken? How? That's the question we're wrestling with today. And throughout the pages of scripture from beginning to end, we're told over and over to put our hope in God. That's what we, we just read, that, that we're putting our hope in, in God's unfailing love. And that is the only way to maintain hope in this broken world that we live in. And I'm supposed to say that. I'm a pastor. <laughs> the Bible is supposed to say, of course, I totally get that. Uh, but 
there's some uh, things when, when we start thinking like, well, Mike, you're supposed to say that. Well, of course the Bible's going to say, put your hope in God. There's, a, there's several things in the way of, of us going, oh yeah, that's so true. Because at least here in North America, we've believed that, that, that we're not supposed to trust in anything other than ourselves. And we receive those messages from our culture over and over again. If you just work hard enough, if you're smart enough, then you won't need anybody else. You can trust in your own ability. You can trust in your own finances. If you get that the right education and you meet the right person, but we know that, that those things can fail us. And scripture tells us those things are temporary and they can never live up to the promise of supporting us emotionally and supporting us physically and spiritually because they're things of this world and they, they don't last forever. So, and, and, and we've got to get past that, that myth that we believe that, okay, the world is broken and we can fix it ourselves. Like there, there's something bigger than us and that something is a someone and that someone has a name. God is, is here in the midst of our brokenness and that's where obviously we're supposed to lean our ladder and put our trust and hope in God. So we can't do it through exercise. We we can't uh, just take the right magical pill that'll keep us healthy and and that will solve all of our problems, Uh, education, all that kind of stuff. We can't put our hope in those things. You know, just the other day, my five-year-old said, Dad, I'm never going to get old. (laughs) I was like, why? He's like, I always want to play. And he's saying that he's at the perfect stage where he doesn't need naps anymore, but he doesn't have a job. And I was thinking, this kid, there's some wisdom here <laughs> that don't grow up too fast. But no matter what, what vitamins he takes, no matter, no matter what education he gets, sooner or later, his abilities, if his hope is in his ability to stay young, his hope is leaning against something that cannot support him. So uh, a lot of us treat hope like this, like, okay, God, um, Here's, here's my finances, here's my job, here's my education, here's my family. I'm putting my hope in this and I'm, I'm leaning my ladder up against that wall and I'm gonna climb up and, oh, by the way, God, can you help me out? Can you make sure this ladder doesn't fall? And we lean our ladders there and keep them there. And then we go to work hoping that the ladder stays put when it's leaned against something that is temporary. But temporary things don't last because the world is broken and it's more broken even than we know. And we're already aware of a lot of brokenness. So we have to do a lot of the stuff we've talked about. Being responsible and having a job and educating ourselves and taking care of our relationships. We have to do all that stuff. Please don't um, hear me saying otherwise, but we can't put our hope there. Those things are important but we can't put our hope there. So the Bible addresses this head on, especially in the book of Romans written by the Apostle Paul. And we spent a lot of time with the Apostle Paul this summer. If you wanna go back and and talk about uh, and catch up on the conversation, those are all on, on YouTube. You can find our YouTube on YouTube or at sgbic.com. But he has a lot to say about maintaining hope in a hopeless world. So I want to summarize some of these verses and we're going to skip around. I've put the, the whole passage in version, uh, but uh, if, if I throw you off, you can follow along. Or if you want to go back this week and start in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 
I highly encourage you, I dare you to go and, and check out some of this stuff and, and see how Paul unpacks the whole thought. But I'm gonna skip around because sometimes Paul writes in a confusing, a uh, little bit confusing way. So uh, instead of getting into the Greek and boring you for two hours and, and trying to wake you up, we'll skip around a little bit here. So uh, he begins talking about that the, since the, the beginning of creation, what's referred to as the fall of humankind, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God and, and took from uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, sin entered the world. And we think of sin as, as just an isolated act, a behavior. And uh, I need to, well, I'm not gonna write it down, I'm not gonna journal this, but uh, as a pastor, people often ask me, uh, especially like in a setting where people find out I'm a pastor and they're like, oh, well, is, is this a sin? Is that a sin? Is blank a sin? And they, they wanna know about a behavior. And, and that is possible. There is you know, behaviors that are sins. But it's not only that. God viewed sin and God views sin as a fatal disease that entered into this creation and it affects everything and it still affects everything. It infects relationships, it affects our bodies, it infects the animal kingdom. Like this whole creation, I think it's so helpful to think about that it's been affected by this disease called sin and everything in this life, it dies. Have you ever noticed that? Like everything dies, nothing nothing stays alive. Like it's always moving towards decay in this world and sin is the reason. So we pick up in Romans chapter eight, verse 20 and Paul writes, for the creation was subjected to frustration. So frustrated, it's frustrated. The, the whole creation is frustrated with the inability to get what one wants, the disappointment. That's, that's what's going on when we lean our ladder against something that's temporary in this world and it crumbles, we're frustrated and it's intertwined into the fabric of this world and it's the normal that we live in. So decay and sin, uh, it, it's running its course. And we can think that God won't stop it and we can spend a lot of energy trying to slow it down if our hope is leaned up against, if our ladder is leaned up against the wrong thing. So he continues, verse 21, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. So this is in the future. This is what gives us hope. Right now we are in bondage to decay. I talked about me looking in the mirror every morning. I'm reminded every morning that I'm in bondage to decay in this world but we will be liberated from that. God is already at work liberating us from this bondage of decay, that, that nothing in this world is as stable as it looks. I was thinking about this when I was in college. The, just one of the most amazing humans that ever lived, as amazing as she was, Mother Teresa died. I mean, taking care, if anyone could have escaped this, with uh, the strength and passion, wisdom, good deeds. Mother Teresa, she died. As amazing as Mr. Rogers was, like, he died. And, like Our good behavior, our smarts, don't get us away from the temporary nature of this world and the nature of this world where everything's moving from order 
to disorder. And this tension is why maybe, you know, I was thinking of, uh, I had some great grandparents that I got to know and they loved each other so much. And it just seemed like everything, like that they did just turned to gold. They loved people, they loved God. And, and listening to them talk about um, marriage, uh, when, I, when Marie and I first got married and they would say, we try to habitually wake up thinking about the other person and what can I do to show grandpa that I love him? What can I do to show grandma that I love her? And it just seemed like everything was amazing. But then my great grandma, she passed away and watching this, this ending, that it was, it was so sad. And it wasn't a Hollywood ending. And we live in a world that's surrounded by endings that, that are, are not neat and tidy and, and a happy ending. And we are here trying to, to somehow come up with a way to beat the odds. Uh, and this is why, for those of us that are control freaks, like it's why we're so frustrated, because we can't beat death. We can't beat the decay. We're in it. And the world around us seems like it just won't cooperate. Things break. People misbehave. Your children are interested in your plan for their lives. Uh, your parents won't fund your bad ideas. It seems hopeless. And it's frustrating. And uh, to sum up uh, verses 22 and 23, um, this frustration, this tension that we've been really hitting hard it, it creates a longing in us for something better. It creates a longing in us for something different and something beyond this life. Salvation from the, this world and the presence of the effects of sin in our world. So this is, I, I'm, I'm so glad you stuck with me to this part because this is where it gets good. Because Paul says in verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. In God's hope, when Jesus came into this world and gave his life for all of us, for you and me, we have the potential to put our hope in that. We're invited to turn over control of our lives over to Jesus and to follow Jesus. And that ties us to a much bigger story than what's in our lives. And it's a much bigger story than what we see in this life. When we become Jesus followers, we become Christians knowing that this life, it's not what it's all about. That's when the little seed of hope starts to sprout. And we, we get a hope about a future. And we move our ladder from the wall of things that are temporary. And we move our ladder over to the wall that never crumbles, that never fades. And we put our ladders up against God's love and God working all of this out in our own lives and at the at the creation universal level that's where we're supposed to put our hope and lean into that verse 25 says but if we hope for what we do not have we wait for it patiently we don't give up hope we wait and um Verses 26 through 30 say, but God, he's, he's actually at work. We can't always perceive it and we can't see it, but he's at work now in this, in this life. And when we find ourselves frustrated, God understands. When we find ourselves frustrated and hurting and broken, God understands and he hears our prayers. Even if our prayers are just groans of frustration, 
even when you can't even mouth the words. He, he talks about this groaning. I don't know if you've ever been that low. It's not a fun place to be, but sometimes you're hurting so bad that all you can do is just, oh God, God hears that. If that's where you are today, put your ladder against God's wall and his love and just groan if that's all you can do. And sometimes uh, you'll, you'll be uh, in a conversation with somebody and you hear something that is just so heavy. Um, it's okay to say, I, I don't have the right words, but I'm groaning with you. I, I learned that a couple years ago. I heard somebody tell that to someone else that was going through a horrible time, a hopeless circumstance just says, I'm groaning with you. Um, so skipping on down. What then shall we say in response to these things, all these frustrating things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He's for us? Like how? how? If God is for us, how, how can he be for us? And, uh, and who can be against us? Nothing, nothing, nothing can, can get in the way of God taking us through even the hardest circumstances. God, in verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give all these things? God didn't hold back his own son. Should we give up hope? Like, like this gives us hope. God will give us whatever we need. God cares so much about what we're going through and cares so much about this broken world. He's at work to finish this and to, to, to fix it. And uh, verse 38 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Like we read at the beginning, may your unfailing love, like that's where our hope is in. We're to place our hope in God's love for us. Is it time for you to move your ladder? We've all been invited to lean our ladders against God's love for us. Love that wasn't demonstrated um, with selfishness. Like this love was demonstrated by God giving himself for us. Instead of leaning our ladders against the, the love that's, you know, we're hoping that someone will, will love us back or we're hoping that we'll get that job or, or get more money or earned a position on the team or whatever. No. No, we lean our ladders against the love that demonstrated in, in, in a point in history when God's son died for your sin and secured for you a spot in the family of God that's available to you. That's where we put our hope. So what do we do in the meantime? Well, we live out our kingdom values in a world of unhappy endings like Jesus did, like Paul did, like Mother Teresa did, like my great-grandma did, even though it doesn't always seem to make a difference, it does. You just can't see it with your own eyes. When you follow Jesus, no matter what, when you, when you put others first, even though uh, they don't reciprocate, uh, you serve others, 
even when they don't reciprocate. You do your best even though it seems like no one's looking. You forgive even though it, you're not guaranteed that someone else will forgive you. So we, we, we put these kingdom values into practice and God uses those and, and uses us in God's big story to help put this world back together. So in the meantime, do we plan? Absolutely. Do we dream? Absolutely. Do we leverage our gifts and talents to, to, to make a place in the world and try to make the, the world better? Absolutely we do that. Do we build things? Yes. But do we put our hopes and our plans and our, and do we put our hope in that, in our ambition or, or what we accomplish? No, our hope is not in that. We hold all of that with an open hand and say, God, this is temporary, but your love is eternal. And when we can loosen our grip around all of these temporary things, these treasures, plans, uh, ambitions, when we loosen our grip around those things, then we're free to move our ladders away from leaning against the temporary things and we move it up to, over to something that is permanent and that is safe for us to put our hope in. So now, now we're discovering, hopefully as, as you're processing some of this, you're, you're realizing, oh my goodness, I didn't realize my, my ladder was leaning there. Like I, I can put my, my, my hope in something else. I can lean my ladder against something else that's better. So where's your ladder leaning today? We can either move it to something that can hold us or we lose hope. What are you hoping for? What are you trusting in? Because what or whom you are hoping in determines your ability to maintain hope in a broken world. You've been invited to lean your ladder against God's unending love for you. And I wanna read that verse. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Psalm 33, verse 22. Whatever it is you've placed your hope in, that's gonna determine your ability to remain hopeful in this hopelessly broken world. Where have you centered your expectations? If, there's, if they're anywhere else other than God, they're misplaced because we live in a broken and messed up world. So while we're together here, I'd love for you just to, to bow your head and close your eyes and join your heart to this prayer. And, and maybe, maybe I'm praying for you right now. And maybe that's a sign and a nudge from God to let you know that, that God's not far away and God hears even your groaning. And let's, let's, let's do an inventory of where our ladders are leaning. What are we hoping in or whom are we hoping in? So let's pray. Dear Jesus, for the man or for the woman this week that, that received news in whatever form or fashion that, that their hope was placed in something that could not sustain them. God, would you uh, reveal that to us and, and just comfort. Would you please supernaturally comfort us right now? And as you do, gently, gently remind us, but firmly to place our hope in you as we recalibrate our, our, our hearts and point them towards you. God, will you please let us know that you are at work um, for, for every uh, person that in a bad relationship 
time right now that's really struggling or struggling with finances, dear Jesus, would you please give us hope where we have no hope and remind us that we, we, are, we are so close to you and that you are at work and we're trusting in you to do that and be the God that we know you are. In the mighty and strong and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for spending some time with us this week. And uh, please reach out to us until we're together again. You can always get us at sgbic.com or send us a private message here uh, wherever you're watching this. So until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and fill you up with hope. May the Lord turn his face towards you and smile upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.